Good morning, church. So good to see everyone today. Let me introduce you to a family that would like to place membership. John and Lori Merkel and their daughter Lindy are right over here on our left. So if you'll wave just a little higher. Um, We continue to have families coming our way and want to worship with us. Let me also bring your attention to the fact that Bobby and Dorothy Grantham are celebrating 68 years. I know. Bobby, who are you turning around looking at? We're, we're looking at you, buddy. Can't believe they let people get married when they were 10 back then, but they did. So... I'm excited to be here today. I want to tell you about um, several things. I'm glad you're here because I want to encourage you to get involved in one of our small groups. We started a study last week by Andy Stanley called Follow. Fantastic study, and you'll be blessed to be in a small group. And so I want to encourage you to get involved in a small group. If you don't know what group to go to, Rodney, the gentleman who leads our singing, is in charge. He can get you plugged in. There's sign-up sheets over in the hallway as you're going over to the other building. We'd like for you to get involved in a small group. It's an eight-week study, so if you just want to do eight weeks and quit, that's okay. We'd like for you to stay in a small group longer, but we really want you involved in this eight-week study. We think it'll change your life as we learn how to follow Jesus. I'm also excited to tell you about next week. Next week is called Engage. As you came walking in, there's signs hanging down. There's signs all around the building, outside the building. Next week is engage Sunday. So let me tell you what's happening. We're not going to have our regular Bible classes for adults. We will have Bible classes for cradle through fifth grade. The fellowship room will be transformed and we're going to have, I don't know, 18, 20 booths that are going to illustrate and show you the various ministries of our church. And we would like for you to get engaged in the work of the Lord. So next Sunday, there's going to be coffee and snacks, some food. Worship will be relatively regular, and then we'll dismiss. And we want you to sign up for the work of the Lord. We want you to get engaged. That is next Sunday. So I'm excited to tell you about that. I'm glad you're here today. I really want you to come back next week. It's going to be a big day for this church. I want to tell you about last week. Because it's exciting to me. We had 563 last week and you're thinking, okay, 563 is the most people we've ever had for a non-event Sunday. On Easter, you would expect that. Bring a friend day, you would expect that. When we had our 50th, you would expect that. But you can count on one hand how many times we've had an attendance higher than that. And we had 563 last week for no reason. Except the reason being that God seems to be blessing this church and bringing people this way. And there's so many exciting things going on. So I'm excited to tell you about last week. I know numbers aren't everything, but 563 is a pretty big deal. I'm excited you're here today because it's National Back to Church Sunday. That may not mean much to you either. But 30,000 churches are participating in Today, over a million people worldwide are participating in National Back to Church Sunday. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot, but we're back to school. We're back in a routine. We just wanted to encourage people to get back to church. And as I've said, God's blessing this church. I don't know if you know it, but church attendance is on the decline. 79% of Americans identify with being followers of Jesus 
but only 20% are in worship on a regular basis. So to encourage people to come back to church, there's a lot of folks not coming. And here our church is growing. So God seems to be blessing our church and doing some great things. So I'm glad that you're here to tell you about that. You know, I read this last week. A lot of people only go to church three times in their life. When they're born, their parents may take them to church to christen them in some way. When they're married, they may show up at a church building. And then when they're buried, they may show up at a church building. Or as I read this last week, when they're hatched, when they're matched, and when they're dispatched. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here today. Because it's not any of those three things. And... Uh, I just want to talk about Sundays because I love Sundays. Now, you might not know it, but you being here on a regular basis has benefits for your life. In fact, sociologists have said people who attend church regularly live seven and a half years longer than those who don't. Now, if you're thinking, well, I don't want to live any longer, then quit coming to church. <laughs> but if you quit coming to church, it's what's happened after you die that I'm a little worried about. But you can live seven and a half years longer on average. People who attend church regularly are 56% more likely to have an optimistic life outlook, 27% less likely to be depressed, 35% less likely to be divorced. People who attend church regularly have higher average levels of communication to partners, higher levels of marital satisfaction, less thinking and talking about divorce, and lower levels of negative interaction. That's just from coming to church. On a regular basis. Now, Wynn Arn, who's a church growth expert, says that satisfied church members, if you, if you want to know if you're a satisfied church member, satisfied church members have six things in common. They attend church worship regularly. They serve in some way, which we want to encourage you to do that next week. We want you to get engaged in the work of the church. They develop at least six friendships with other church members. They refer to church as... My church. We want you to come. I want you to come to my church. They give consistently and they invite others to their church. So I'm glad you're here for health benefits. I'm glad you're here for other benefits because I love Sundays. I've got great memories of Sundays. I grew up going to the 8th and Franklin Church of Christ in Weatherford, Oklahoma. It no longer exists. It's a parking lot. The church that I went to is now a parking lot. But I remember going to that old building. I remember the potluck fellowships down in the musty old basement that should have been a hazard to our life. I have such good memories about um, going to church. I don't know about you. I have good memories about flannel graph. Does anybody remember flannel graph? You know where you do that stuff on a cloth and they put these figures up there and they'd lay down over and Jesus would fall off and they'd have to... I enjoyed flannel graph. I enjoyed potluck fellowships. Now, have I ever told you about potluck fellowships at the church I grew up in? I have to tell you about this lady. I've told some of y'all before. Maybe I've mentioned it in a sermon. When we would have a potluck fellowship, usually on a Sunday night, we would all bring our food... Well, my mom would. And then we would um, go in and worship. While we were in worshiping, we had a lady who would organize the food. What that means is, if she found a dish that she liked for her family, she would go put it up in the... the... I'm not making this up. 
she would go put it in the kitchen up in the pantry so nobody would get it. I'm not making this up. And then when her family would come through the line, she would veer them off into the kitchen and they'd get what she thought was a better food. It gets better. This same lady, as you're going through the line, you know, you've got all your serving spoons to put the food. Those were her tasting spoons. I'm not making this up, am I, Kelly? No. I could give you the name of that elder's wife that did that. But I'm not going to do that. That was back home. It's no elder's wives here. So you wanted to be sure and eat in front of that lady. So, But that's etched in my mind. That was my church growing up. I can remember gospel meetings. Maybe you called them revivals. I can remember, I've told you about a song leader, Harry Ayers, who had these two fingers missing, and he always led singing this way. It's etched in my mind. I can remember the gospel meeting when I was baptized. I can remember song leaders. I can remember my Bible class teachers. I have such good memories about Sundays. I love Sundays. But you know what? Sundays are more than that. Sundays are about learning about how to love God and learning to love others, about learning to serve our community. Sundays, church, assembly, worship, it's a place to find hope. So whether you're here every week, whether today is your first time, or whether you're looking for a church home, I'm glad you're here today because I love Sundays. doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how many skeletons are in your closet, doesn't matter how checkered your past, I want you to know you're welcome at this church, and I think you'll find the people here welcoming. I think God wants Sundays to be the best day of our week. I think God wants Sundays for us to refuel and to recharge. I think God wants Sundays so that we can reprioritize and remind ourselves that we're here to serve God on this earth, not just today. But I realize not everybody loves Sundays. And not everybody has good church experiences. In fact, maybe you've been out of church for a while, or maybe there was a period of time, you know, when I say church, I don't know what comes to your mind. I could put a bunch of words up there, and you could think of some things, but not everybody has had a great church experience. Maybe you had a bad experience with church. Maybe your mom and dad divorced. Maybe the church didn't treat you right. Maybe they didn't respond the way you thought they needed to respond. Maybe you got tired of church politics and you said, you know what, I'm done with this. And you checked out. There's a lot of reasons people have a checkered past. There's a lot of reasons people say, you know what, I'm done with church. I don't want to do church anymore. Not everybody has a good memory. Maybe church growing up for you was just boring. Maybe church growing up for you, maybe you grew up in a church, we used to call it hellfire and brimstone, and you got tired of getting beat up and beat down. We've had people come to church here, and I'll say, why did you come from that church? And they'll say, I'm tired of getting beat down from the hellfire and brimstone. And those sermons are good, and there's nothing wrong with hellfire and brimstone, but some people are like, you know what, I, I don't want that anymore. I can give you horror stories of my entire life of people that have had bad church experiences. And maybe that's you. And maybe it was a struggle for you to get here today. And maybe it's a struggle to wrestle your kids and you're thinking, you know, I, I really don't see the reason to go to church. I, I, 
I really don't know why I'm going to church. If that's you, I want to tell you, I'm glad you're here today. And I'm glad you came to this church today because I love Sundays. In fact, we're going to talk about why I love Sundays for four or five Sundays. I love next Sunday and it's not even here. I love next Sunday so we can have so many people get involved in the work of the church and we'll talk about that more next week. But let me tell you what David said. Here's what David said. The psalmist, Psalm 122. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That's where the tribes go up. The tribes of the Lord. To praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. That doesn't sound like a guy who's bored with church. That doesn't sound like a guy who's burnt out on church. David couldn't wait to go worship God. David said, that's where all the tribes go. That's where all the people go. That's where all my peeps go. That's where my posse is. I like hanging with God's people and praising God. Why? Because that's according to the statute. That's what God wants us to do. And David said, I was excited when someone said, hey, let's go to church. Let's go to the house of the Lord. David God excited about church. He wanted to be with God's people. He wanted to honor God. He wanted to do what God had asked him to do. You know, when I was growing up, a long time ago, I realized culture changes. I realized Weatherford, Oklahoma was about 10,000. I realized town size determines a lot of stuff. But when I was growing up, on Sundays, it's like the world stopped. For six days a week, you're going 100 miles an hour. For five days a week, you're going 100 miles an hour for school. Saturday, you slow down a little bit. But on Sundays when I was growing up, it's like the town shut down. Very few stores were open. Very few restaurants were open. In fact, my mom cooked six days a week. And on Sundays, we got to go to the Porterhouse restaurant. Mom cooked for five kids, mom and dad. So on Sundays, dad said, we're celebrating mom And we went out to eat. I remember going to the Porterhouse restaurant. And then we would go home as a family. And we would relax. And we'd spend time together. And they didn't have activities on Sundays. They didn't have community activities. And it's just like the world stopped. And we rested the way God calls us to do. Sunday wasn't another day of the week to maybe get ahead. Sunday wasn't a bonus day to maybe do all the stuff you needed to do. Sunday wasn't one of those days that you throw family into additional activities. Sunday was, okay, we're going to slow down and we're going to stop. And I remember that. And that's one of the things that's etched in my mind is that that enabled me, that reminds me that Sundays are for God. And that's why you're here. And I'm glad you're here. Because we're here to celebrate God and to remind ourselves this is what God wants us to be doing. But let me tell you why I love Sundays, and I'll just give you a couple of verses. I love Sundays because about 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus Christ, and he came to this earth. And he claimed to be the Son of God, and people didn't believe him. And he taught in parables, and people didn't understand him. And he said, follow me, which is what we're studying on Sunday nights in our small group study. And some people did and some didn't. And you know what? The more he taught, the more they hated him. And the more they hated him, the more they wanted to kill him. And that's exactly what they did. They killed him. They buried him. But he was raised on the third day. And Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you. 
I want to remind you because I know you forget. We partake of communion every week. And, and maybe growing up, you can remember the communion table, this do in remembrance of me, this do so that you can remember. You're like, it comes around every seven days, how could I forget? Because we're humans. You realize that word remember shows up about 170 times in the Bible because God knows we will forget. And Paul tells this church, these brothers and sisters, listen, I, I want to remind you. In fact, Jesus has been dead 22 years. It's been 22 years since Jesus was raised from the grave. It's been 22 years since Jesus ascended to heaven. So he said, look, I, just, I know I came and preached the good news, the gospel, but I just want to remind you of some things that are essential some things that are core to who we are and to what we believe. I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you're saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain. He said, this is crux. This is crucial. This is essential that Jesus died. And you're thinking, you know, a lot of people died. And he said, Jesus was buried and you may want to just blow right by that thinking, well, that's what you do when people are dead. But these people knew, and first century people knew, that the Romans didn't bury people who were crucified. They almost took pleasure in humiliating people after they were dead. They let them hang on the tree. They let them hang on the cross. They let their bodies rot. And then they might take them down if the birds hadn't eaten them, and then they would just throw them in the city dump. Paul said, I want you to know that when Jesus died, He was buried. And then he said, He was raised. Now, we might not think much of that, but how many people do you know who've been raised from the dead? In fact, he says, um, He was raised on the third day, and after He was raised, He appeared to Peter and the twelve. He appeared to more than 500 most of whom are still living. He said, you know what? If you're having trouble wrapping your arms around somebody being raised from the grave, if you're having trouble kind of grasping this thought, we can take a road trip over to Jerusalem. Because there's about 500 people, most of whom are still alive. And I'll introduce him to you and they'll tell you, I saw him. I was an eyewitness. He came up out of that grave. I don't know how he did it. I can't explain it. But I can tell you, I watched him be crucified. I know that he was buried. And then I saw him again. He appeared to people. He appeared to Peter and the twelve and the more than 500, though some have fallen asleep. Now that phrase, fallen asleep, just in case you didn't know, in the New Testament, that's what they say when people died. That's what they used to say in the Old Testament, people died. But then they started saying, fallen asleep, because after you fall asleep, you... Wake up. And after you've seen a resurrected person, after you've seen a resurrected Savior, you don't say people die. You say, you know what, they just fell asleep. Because they're going to wake up and believers will see Jesus again. And that's what we believe. So he said, some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James. And that may not mean much to you, but James was the brother of Jesus. You don't hear much about James until after Jesus died. After Jesus died and he was raised, James came into the picture. Now think about this. If you were the brother of Jesus, what would it take for you to believe that your brother was the Son of God? You wouldn't believe your brother. He may not have believed the teachings. He may not have listened to the parables. He may not have followed Jesus. But Jesus appeared to his brother. There's something about seeing a resurrected person. 
a resurrected Savior. Evidently, we're not sure when, but James became a believer. And he became a leader in the church. And he became influential in the church. And you can read about James. And Jesus said, look, I want you to write a book of the Bible. And James said, okay, what do you want me to call it? And he said, James? That was a whole lot funnier when I wrote that down. So James wrote about Jesus. And last of all, he appeared to me. Paul said, last of all, he appeared to me. And if you keep reading, he says, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm, a, I'm the least of the followers. I mean, those other people, when Jesus died, when he was being crucified, they may have ran. They may not have had any courage. They may have been nowhere to be found. But Paul says, you know what? I, I persecuted Christians. I mean, if you didn't like your neighbor who's a Christian, I'll haul them off and I'll put them in jail. I'm the least of the apostles. And if you keep reading in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this grace. This is why I love Sundays. Because this is good news. This is what gives me victory. Sundays are victory Sundays. Sundays remind me that Jesus is no longer in the grave. If I'm having trouble on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when I come together with God's people, I'm reminded we have hope and we have forgiveness and we have victory. And I like Sundays because it reminds me that Jesus Christ is no longer in the grave. I like Sundays because I like partaking of the Lord's table. I like remembering Jesus. I like slowing down. I like to be reminded. I like to be in my Bible. I may have a little trouble during the middle of the week, but I know on Sundays, Bible class teachers are going to open the Bible, and I know we're going to study the Bible, and that's why I love Sundays. And I want you to love Sundays. I want you to love Sundays at this church. I want you to love Sundays in general. I want you to love Sundays because I think God wants to transform you on Sundays. Now, some of y'all are here today thinking, you know, I'm really not worthy enough to be here. I'm just struggling with being here. The things I've been doing in my life, the things I know I shouldn't be doing in my life, you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble being here on Sundays because it's just the good people. It's just the people who have no sin in their lives. Let me assure you, there's a lot of sin in this room. Turn to the left and turn to the right and you'll see sin. We're all just a bunch of sinners. And we all need the grace of God. And if you're wrestling with something in the past, I want to tell you there's no reason for you to wrestle. Because the good news is, when Jesus died on the cross and He put our sins on the cross, He put your sins on the cross, that means you can stand right with God. You can have forgiveness. You don't have to live in guilt. You don't have to beat yourself up. Jesus beat Himself up on the cross so that you don't have to. So I'm glad you're here because you need Jesus. We all need Jesus. People need Jesus. And if you're wrestling with a situation today, I don't want you to wrestle anymore. If you need to respond to the invitation and come down front, we can pray for you in that way. If you're thinking, yeah, I don't do crowds very well, you can meet our shepherds in the back. They'll take you to a private room and they'll lift your name up before God and they will pray for you. And you can have that guilt removed. But check this out. Here's the best news of all. If you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, you need to do that. It's the best decision you'll ever make. It's better than any job decision. It's better than the decision of who you marry. It's better than the decision to have kids. It's better than any decision you'll ever make. It's an eternal decision. 
If you've never named Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can I encourage you to do that today? Can I encourage you to be thinking about that? Can I encourage you to be praying about that? Can I encourage you to ask people, hey, I'm wrestling with this decision to follow Jesus. Would you pray for me? But if you want to be baptized today, we can assist you with that. The waters of baptism are ready. There's nothing magic about this water. There's no special soap in this water. But when you go down and you're buried in that water, you're buried the same way Jesus was buried. And when you're raised up out of that water, the Bible says you're raised to walk in newness of life. You're resurrected up out of that water. Your old self, it's dead. It's gone. It's buried. You're a new creation. You can have a new identity today, a new start in Jesus Christ. And that's why I love Sundays. If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus, please do so as we stand and sing.